My Nesson colleague and former Boston Bruins goaltender Andrew Raycroft has joined us. Hello, Andrew. Good afternoon, fellas. How Good are you? Here. I'm great, thanks. I wanted to talk Tuca with you. Great. Uh, because Tuca's been great most of the year. I mean, un- otherworldly for a big chunk of the year. And then Tuesday night, he wasn't alone, by the way. Everybody was bad, but he looked awful. How does that happen? One of those nights in Columbus, Tuesday night in Columbus, it'll get you. Um, through the season, obviously, there's just so many games. And, and once it, it, it just snowballed on them, especially on Tuesday. It snowballed on everyone for the first 25 minutes. You know, one thing led to another. And, you know, they got the lead, but then three quick goals at the end of the period. And the one off the back, obviously, you know, looks the poorest of them. It, it just, but it turns into a, an in between play for him that the last 19 games is gone the other way on him and that last night it, it or sorry Tuesday night it was uh, not his best fair or unfair there's still questions about Tuca in the playoffs I mean he has really good overall playoff numbers but some fans sort of focus on the series that they had big leads and lost do you understand that or do you think it's kind of crazy I understand it and it's kind of crazy <laughs> <It's both. Yeah. laughs> um you know, it's, I was driving in. I was thinking about you guys were talking pitch clock. It's like it's similar to David Price. You know, in the season he had last year, and and kind of every season he had was well. You know, all right, he won nineteen in a row, but let's see what he does in April. Right. And that's where Tuca's at in his career. Uh, you know, fair or foul, he's he's been fantastic his his whole career here, but he hasn't won the big one. And um, you know, here in Boston, we've been pretty spoiled the last fifteen years with uh, a couple guys winning big ones often, and you get put in that that barrel. We've talked about him on, on air, uh, and Andrew's part of our, our Nesson crew. We've talked about when he's playing great, it almost looks like the puck is hitting him by accident. It's not, but, I mean, that's almost how it looks. There, it, it, it's such a minimum amount of movement. He, his positioning is so good. It just, they got nowhere else to go. They hit him because he's taken everything else away. And then Tuesday night, he's off in the corner somewhere. I mean, how do you go from what I've watched for... 19 straight games to all of a sudden you're scrambling around like Tim Thomas. <laughs> it's going to go to Timmy. And, that, yeah. <laughs> and that's part of, you know, I think sometimes people don't appreciate how good Tuca is sometimes because he makes it so easy. He makes it look so easy most nights where you're like, he didn't even do anything tonight. And he, you know, gave up one goal. And uh, whereas Timmy, it was always an adventure. And especially in that playoff run that he had, he, you know, it was it was crazy the saves he was making and it was it was all over the the you know the the highlight show and uh in in that respect it makes it hard for fans that are not necessarily fans of goaltending to realize how good Tuke is back to your question how it happens a a lot of it is a product of the team and and that's the other part I'll touch on is just how good uh Char has been for 15 16 years and how easy he makes it for goalies some nights where they're just so good as a defensive team Patrice coming back playing all the big shifts winning big faceoffs that if those guys are off a little bit it can throw off Tuka's game in a big way as well. What have you thought of the slow starts not just in the losses but even the last couple of wins that they had on that point streak really slow starts for them is that something to be concerned with? It is. It's. It wasn't. You know, one or two games, but now that it's been four or five games, right. it's, it's. It's a bit of a trend now, and uh, I'm sure the coaching staff and the leaders are are harping on that a lot because, as we know, seven game series, you can't afford to have two or three bad starts. You're. You know. You're. You're deep in a hole and can't get out of it in another month from now. I'm curious uh, how you approach it as a team. I mean, the Bruins are a good team. They're one of the top two, three, four teams in the National Hockey League, but that number one team is out there somewhere. 
You know, they're, they're, they're so far, the Tampa Bay Lightning are so far out in front, they got the best power play, the best penalty kill. They got the MVP. They got a, a Vezina Trophy candidate. If you're a Bruin player and you're sitting in that dressing room, how do you say, oh, yeah, we can beat them? Yeah, sure. You're not saying it. You're definitely not going to catch them. Uh, but come playoff time, it's like every series is a brand new start. It really is. It's an amazing thing when you get into that playoff series, you win a series. The next morning you wake up and you're, you go in and you start scouting the next team. You're like, you start going right to their weaknesses. And you're like, oh, we got these guys. We can beat these guys. And, and that's what happens. And that's what will happen come springtime. Uh, you'll get into that series and you'll be getting ready for game one. And you'll have belief that you can win that series. Now, are they better suited? And we're getting ahead of ourselves. But are they better suited against Tampa Bay this year than they were last year based on the roster? Or do you think it could be a similar result? I think they have the experience, you know, when it comes to the younger guys. McAvoy. We'll have Carlo back, hopefully. Uh, the guys up front, I think they're better prepared. I think Tampa's pretty much the same core as they had last year, essentially. And, uh, you know, they've been, they've, they haven't let their foot off the gas at all. So uh, they were outmatched last year. I think there's, there, there will be a little outmatched. They're certainly going to be the underdog, sure. getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah. they, uh, they'll be ready to go and a little bit more prepared than I think they were last year. We talked to Patrice Bergeron a couple of days ago. Um, oh, yesterday we talked to him. Yeah. He was yeah. in Winnipeg, but obviously getting ready for tonight's game. And I pointed out the dramatic difference in Patrice's numbers, offensive numbers, when Claude Julian was the coach here and when Bruce Cassidy is the coach. And they are dramatic. Now, he is no worse a defensive player than he was with Claude Julian. But philosophically, it's obviously such a difference where Claude wanted every move Bergeron made on the ice to be back. Get back. Cover up in your own end where it looks as though Cassidy's saying, no, no, go. Let's go. Yes, they're they're much more go, and and that with the defense jumping in the rush, it gives them more opportunities as well. Certainly, Claude, you know, played that you know just a, a suffocating style all the time, and it made it really difficult on teams. And that's his bread and butter. And the league's changed a lot as well in the last five years. In Claude's defense, it wasn't all him holding Patrice back offensively. I think the fact that you know he can't be hooked anymore. Marshawn can't be hooked anymore. These guys don't get slowed down as much. You see Marshy, you know, wheeling around in the zone, and he's got so much speed going through the neutral zone now, which just wasn't the case five or six years ago when they didn't have the same kind of point production. Um, all that being said, Cassidy's kind of let them, you know, let the reins off, and these guys are showing the talent. Now, also the trickle down though for you know the goaltender because you have Bergeron and Marsha now being more than a point per game guy. Then you have Tuca who won a Vezina playing for Claude, and now his numbers are still good, but they're not what they what they used to be. That's going to be tricky for a goalie to see. Like as long as the wins are there, great. But now you're seeing your stats kind of just because of the style of play is different. That's got to take a take a little bit to adjust to. It does, and it has for all the goalies in the league. You can see, you know, at least it's comparative to everyone else in the league. You know, all those numbers are different. But, uh, you know, I talked to a couple of the guys in the league uh, over the summer just about how the game's changed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it used to be when I played, it was if your team's not playing well, you, you would slow it down. All right, guys, we'll slow it down. We'll pull it back. Now, if the team's not playing well, we got to go faster. We got to get the puck in. We got to skate more, which causes more mistakes. And it go, you know, there's there's a two, double-edged sword. The guys, the goalies, were talking about where the game's so much faster, it's harder, but it's so much faster that the players can't keep up either. Hmm. Goaltenders are so much bigger now, too. I mean, no, no disrespect, <laughs> Andrew, you're not yeah. the biggest guy I ever saw, 
but you weren't an unusually sized goaltender when you were playing. Now, I mean, Tuca's a big guy. You look at Ben Bishop and some of these other guys, they're gigantic. They're huge. And you're, you're right. I mean, I was sick. I'm about 6'1", and I was taller than, you know, Byron Defoe was here. He was 5'11". He was a starter. Like, I was one of the young guys who was a little bit bigger. You had to be over six feet when I was coming into the league. Now, you have to be over six foot four. There's teams that are literally not scouting goalies if they're under six foot four. If they lead the league that they're in in the Ontario Hockey League, or they, they win the Hobie Baker, but if they're six foot two, they're not drafting them. They're not signing these guys. And, and that's the mentality out there. And that's why these guys continue to get bigger. And, and they're not only six foot four, 170, they're six foot four, 230. You know, Robin Leonard and Nelson in Ottawa, these guys are, are, are tight ends. Whenever David Pasternak returns, would you put him back with Marshawn and Bergeron or would you put him on the Krejci line? That's a great question. It's going to be it's going to be a tough decision for them to make. I, they're, it's going to be they're going to move him around. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he comes back with his brace and and hopefully has a, f- a couple weeks before playoff time. Yeah, and so everyone gets a good uh, a good idea where his game is at and where it's going to fit in best. My initial thought is to put him back with the big guys, mm-hmm. um, but it, the way Heinen's played, and if they could provide a little bit more depth, and if they could put him on the second line with Krejci and get some scoring there, I think that's not a bad thing either. I don't know if you believe in the whole you know peaking too early thing that some people have said because the Bruins had that stretch of 19 games with a point, and there were folks going, "Oh, this is too soon. This is too soon." Well, that's over. You've lost a couple in a row now. You've got six guys out of the lineup right now. Is there something to be said for as long as you can hold on to home ice in that first round of the playoffs, this is not necessarily a bad thing for this team? I agree completely. Uh, I don't think peaking too early is a thing. You look at Tampa Bay, they've been peaking since November. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, and no one's concerned about them. So the Bruins were in a position they needed to go on a big run to be able to get to home ice. You know, the fact they've won ninth or been unbeaten in. Points in 19, I keep getting that. Yeah, right. It's It's semantics. But points in 19 straight games, they're only four points up on home ice. Home ice is important in playoffs Mm -hmm. in that first round against a team like Toronto. So Thank you, Chicago, last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They beat them up pretty good. Mm. Um, So I think it's okay. I think it's fine. The injuries concern me a little bit that they're mounting up. Uh, You know, it's a little close to the season where you're missing guys for two or three weeks. You know, it puts a toll on the guys that are in the lineup now. Because they can't just mail in. They do want to get home ice. This, you know, you don't want Char playing 30 minutes a night because there's two or three defensemen out right now either. All right, you're here to. Uh, we're going to record a podcast in just a few minutes and get get ready for that. I appreciate you stopping in here for a few minutes as well. You got it. Thanks Good for having me. Good to see you. Andrew Raycroft joining us. Dale and Keith, Sports Radio, WEEI.